Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk Fucking Cancer podcast. We are your support, so let's talk fucking cancer. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Fucking Cancer podcast. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! This is our first day back in the studio, everyone, with our amazing guest that we have in studio today. I'm one of your hosts, Colette, and I have with me today my fabulous co-host, Leah. Hello! So happy to be back and with everybody and in the studio. It finally feels like all is right in the world. I know, it's been too long, it's been too long. And we have with us our amazing producer, Julia. Hello! And today we have with us my beautiful friend, Lisa, who went through her own cancer journey, and we're going to go through that today. How are you doing, Lisa? Oh, great. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming in with us. Yeah, we're super grateful for you to be here today. I'm excited for you to be our first New Year's spotlight story. That's very special. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about just life before cancer? What did life look like? What, how was life? What were you doing? How, how was everything going? Well, life was in, like so many people, in various stages. And I was in a stage of uh, being a mom for the past 20 plus years and a wife. And that was pretty much my life, all consuming wife and mom and, and probably not uh, in a, the the healthiest or happiest part of my my life um, with just overwhelm, state of overwhelm. Okay. And before being diagnosed, I had been sick for probably five years, but um, undiagnosed at that point. Okay. So is the, the correlation of you being sick over those five years – it correlated to your cancer diagnosis? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I can pinpoint that after okay. after the diagnosis. Okay, yes. perfect. Okay. So then um, tell us a little bit about what led you to seek medical treatment for or advice or what was going on for you to seek medical care? Well, that's kind of a convoluted uh, answer that I will need to uh, unpack. That I We've did. got all the time. <laughs> I, I had sought medical um, advice, treatment, so forth, for a, a while with the symptoms that I had been having, um, unbeknownst to me that uh, the symptoms I, I was presenting with were cancer. And uh, the medical establishment, the, the doctors, I, I was pretty much blown off based on uh, being, well, being a woman, being a mom. And um, so in the end, my uh, diagnosis, um, well, before that, I, I, I started self-diagnosing myself because I was so sick um, with Dr. Google, which most of us know Dr. Google is not, not particularly time. helpful. <laughs> With everything. Can be, Again, I still can, say it should be banned between midnight and 5 a.m., yeah. right? <laughs> can can be helpful. I'll uh, clarify that. But can also lead you down some pretty bad rabbit holes. Um, and my uh, actual diagnosis happened almost exactly eight years to today. On, oh, wow. On um, January 15th, 2016. Oh, okay. And oh, wow. that was exactly two weeks after my younger brother was diagnosed 
with the same cancer on New Year's Day, 2016. Wow. And with his diagnosis, I was, uh, it was recommended that I would got into the doctor and the doctor immediately put in for me to be, uh, have my, all the tests run and it came back that I was, um, so, um, I know you were going to ask the question of what my cancer was. Yes. <laughs> but it, 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 I, I guess I've been um, c- kind of keeping people at bay with them. <laughs> what kind of cancer does she have? Because I will say that I have listened to many people with my kind of cancer who never disclose what cancer they have. And um, it is because it is one that many people believe is one of the more embarrassing cancers and that is a big reason why i have become an outspoken advocate for this uh, world of cancer gotcha. so my younger brother and i both were diagnosed with rectal cancer or colorectal cancer but in particular rectal cancer and um my brother was uh 40 oh well, let's see 43 at the time wow 44 um, and he was diagnosed at stage four. Oh, wow. And um, my diagnosis was stage three. So both of us were late stage at the point of diagnosis. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And um, he was diagnosed uh, in the hospital. He had been dancing on New Year's Eve. He fell, and he thought he broke his hip. And it turned out, no, that he had had cancer. And it spread to his bones. Oh, oh wow. no. And so it was in his hip. Okay. Um, and uh, long story short, he was in North Carolina. Treatment there was really bad. So we did get him out to California. Good. And um, he received his treatment at UC Davis and got, oh, got good treatment there. Good. good. But because of his diagnosis, I was... Uh, uh, fast laned into being getting a colonoscopy. Okay. And uh, when I got in for my colonoscopy, I knew that at that point that I for sure had cancer. Oh. Based on all of the treat- symptoms that I had, I had no idea the symptoms I had. You know, being on Dr. Google all those years <laughs> were uh, was cancer. Right. Um and, um, you know, to their credit, the medical establishment with their, you know, denial of my symptoms didn't know better, still doesn't know a whole lot better. But with me and others advocating and getting the word out, I'm hoping that they are yeah. getting better because right. the rates of colorectal cancer are only rising for younger people. So was he experiencing the same symptoms after you guys had a chance to share? Was he experiencing the same symptoms and sicknesses that you were having? Not everybody shares as much as I do. Okay. Especially men. True that. Yes. (laughs) Do you think that was in part to the type that you both ended up having? Partially, but, you know, could be uh, other cancers too. Mm -hmm. Uh, For whatever reason, men just don't share as much. Right. I'm always encouraging men I learn about, you know, to get involved. Mm -hmm. And I do know many who are, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, the rates are much smaller. In fact, 
I know many women who are in the groups because of their husbands oh. who are actually the cancer patients. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the husbands aren't in the online support groups, but the wives are gotcha. to learn more. Right. right. Okay. Get and seek help and advice. So, but by the time I got in for my colonoscopy, my tumor was so large that I had 90% blockage. Oh, wow. And oh they gosh. were unable to perform my colonoscopy. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. So that's how far progressed and how close to stage four I was. Right. I was very fortunate. And yeah. I feel, feel very fortunate and very grateful to have caught it by that point. Right. So, right. Yeah. Now, when he was diagnosed, you said that they sort of fast-laned you into getting your colonoscopy. Is that because it, the type is, is it genetic? Does it run in families? Often it can. Okay. Yes. There are many, um, if you've heard of Lynch syndrome, which can also lead to breast cancer okay. and oh. certain other cancers. Okay. Um, that is a genetic and that, that can be uh, for colorectal. Okay. Um, and uh, so, yes, that, that is possibility. But uh, what I had heard from, you know, my brother is, uh, is sharing that his doctor had said the way his tumor was growing, it was suspect and to have any family members oh, screened okay. immediately. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, of course, the symptoms that I had as soon as I learned I, I, I put it together and right. Yeah. Um, and you know, many reasons why uh, it hadn't been put together with, you know, doctors and so forth was most, uh, a lot of my symptoms I had, they kind of spun it back as being a woman and being Ugh. a mother because mm. I was tired. I was really tired, but my fatigue was being a mom. <laughs> I also had bleeding. Mm -hmm. which is a common symptom. Okay. And uh, that was because I had hemorrhoids when I had children. Right. Um, so the list went on, and I, you know, with my self-diagnosis from my digestive issues, I started believing that I must have a gluten intolerance because it seemed like at that point in the mid-early 2010s that everybody had gluten problems right. and so that must be my problem Ugh. so yeah uh <laughs> long story short no <laughs> gluten did not help i can say that okay. i did feel better not eating gluten but gluten was not my problem <laughs> right you're right yeah. right okay so what what were the steps taken after the colonoscopy after not being able to perform it well that actually is a, a good question because at my Immediate step, well, I should back up when when the doctor first, I first saw my doctor and she referred me for a colonoscopy because those are the steps. She gave me oh, a little tidbit of, of, of advice that she didn't actually say it as advice, but I took it as advice and I, I ran with it was that I didn't have to wait for the GI department to call me to mm. schedule my colonoscopy. That I could call them. Okay, gotcha. So as soon as I got to the parking lot, I started calling. Oh, good, good. good. And so with that, I began learning to self-advocate, which I cannot good. speak highly enough of anybody out there with any medical issue or non-medical issue to learn to self-advocate and speak up 
learn your own body. Right. And just put yourself first. Absolutely. And don't be shy. Yeah. So back to the colonoscopy and my next steps, the, after I woke up fully from the colonoscopy, because they do put you under, although I never fully went under. I think it was because I was so stressed and I knew something was up. But the, you know, the news was that I had cancer or no, the news was that I had a tumor. They could not tell me I had cancer at that point, although it was pretty obvious. Did they do a biopsy right right there and then? So they had to take a sample and send it to the lab for the biopsy to get the official. Okay. Um, However, he did tell me that it was highly suspect that I did have have cancer. Right. And so I said, okay, what are the next steps? And he said, okay, well, they will call you and they will schedule for you to come in for a CT scan. And then this, I'm like, okay, well, I would like to have a CT scan right now. And I'm at Kaiser. And Kaiser, as many of you know, are, (laughs) I refer to as one-stop shopping. Yes. Everything is there. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. the, the GI department's on the second floor, CT is on the first floor. So I requested to have a CT Good. that yeah. day. And it was probably about 3.30 at this point. Okay. And That's amazing the, that they could get you in. The yeah, the, do- no, the doctor, he's like, oh, no, you, you have to wait. And there's these, these steps. And you, you wait and you call and you get the biopsy and you call and we'll get you in. And I'm like, no, I, I'm here right now and I, yeah. I, wanna go, I want the CT. Good for yeah, you. And yeah. I, I was so fortunate because the nurse that I had that was there, she looked at me and she said, I'm the charge nurse. I can get her in right now. Really wow. good. For the CT. That's amazing. Awesome. So that set in motion my, you know, forward thinking of self-advocacy. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, that's amazing. And being strong at, you know. And find allies that will fight alongside you. Right. Telling them what I wanted and, you know, to hell with what the steps are. Absolutely. That's awesome. So I, I, you know, was taken downstairs in the wheelchair and um, the the nurse went up there and talked to them. And I just, there is something you have to drink before the CTs. So I did have to go to the pharmacy and get that. But anyways, then... Um, I have to say Kaiser is, I, is wonderful. And I, I love Kaiser for many reasons. They're very fast in a lot of respects mm-hmm. being that they're in house. So my lab results were back that night. Yeah. Wow. My colonoscopy was on a Friday. Oh, wow. So that could have been a yeah. long weekend. Yeah. Wow. And uh, the doctor I had called me at eight o'clock at night. With the wow. with the results, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, so well, I'm that, glad. Yeah, I'm glad that the, you were able to get all of that accomplished and get your diagnosis mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. Whereas if they'd yeah. taken your concerns seriously the first time, you would have had to follow those yeah. traditional steps, and it could have been a very drawn out process. Right. 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 Had right. you not, yeah, had you not so, pushed, that's awesome. I still didn't have staging at that point. Right. Okay. Right. right. Okay. And um. You know, didn't know. But if, you knew you, know, you weren't yeah. crazy and that you were right. Mm-hmm. That right. It, <laughs> yeah. You knew been, what you were talking no, no about. No more medical gaslighting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. True. Truly. Yeah. Right. So. Okay. So then you get your results 
that Friday, what did that next week look like? Uh, oh, gosh. I have a whirlwind. I'm trying to think back what the next <laughs> week. So I do know that I did get out of order again because I I asked what the process was, and I learned that I needed to have an oncologist Mm-hmm. And I needed to have radiation because the next step with uh, with rectal cancer, rectal cancer is treated very differently than colon cancer. Oh, it's okay. actually a lot more in depth, and um, the treatment is a lot harder to take. Okay, um, for ma- for many reasons. One, there is no radiation for colon cancer. Or is oh. only radiation for rectal cancer. Oh, okay. And the reason being is to shrink the tumor before surgery. Okay. Because where where the you know, tumor is in the rectum is much much harder to work in there. So it's okay. better to have it shrunk. Gotcha. And to um, operate with with the okay. enlarged tumor. Right. And with uh, um, colon cancer, it's you know, the colon's pretty long. Right. And a simple resection is is not that hard to do. Right. Okay. So um, so I, I did learn that the next steps were that I would need to undergo um, concurrent radiation and chemo. So at this, okay, at the same the, time. Yeah, the, the, the chemo at that point was simply to enhance the radiation. Okay. Wow. And it was 28 days. Okay. Oh. Five, five days a week. Chemo okay. five days a week? Uh, radiation, radiation five days a week. Chemo, five wow. days a week. Oh Whoa. my gosh. Okay. Wow. Yeah. For 28 That's days. That's a lot. Okay. Yeah. The weekend's off. Oh. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> Lucky you. However, Sunday you have to go in and get all your lab yeah. tests. So you can start again on Monday. And, 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 you know, because the lab tests have to come back and right. you know, that you're able to continue. Oh, geez. So yeah. you said, you know, prior to that, you were very overwhelmed with just life. And so how did life change? I mean, obviously, everything had to come to a stop and it became about your treatment. So yeah, what did your support look like during that time? Well, my my husband was working full time, and but he, you know, he was working at home, so he he was he was there. I already had a carpool in place. My um, older oldest was at um, first year of community college, and my youngest was uh, sophomore, and we had a, um, a a carpool with neighbors, and and they picked up. 100% of the carpool. Oh, good. Um, both of my children had been on the uh, track and cross-country team, and they immediately set forth to um, create a meal train. Oh. So oh, that's awesome. A lot of love and support shown yeah. to me. That's great. And I honestly just learned how to kind of let go. And right. as a mom, I, got, I was way too involved. <laughs> you know, I, I was doing things I really didn't need well, to be doing. I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> so, I can feel that. Yeah. I can feel that a lot. I love your self-awareness. <laughs> 2020 hindsight. Right. Happening. Well, then mom just looked at me. Like, I looked at well, Julia and I'm like, I thought Sound I familiar? was so needed and important, but in, in reality, I they did okay, her, but I mean, not to take away from you, but they they could do some of the things on their own. I remember that it was a hard lesson for me to learn too because I was extremely so control, right? controlling, and I 
I still, throughout treatment, me oh, and you Julia, grabbed on tighter. <laughs> uh, me and Julia had a, a bit of a rocky moment because I, you know, she didn't answer me fast enough, and I was just like, "Where are you?" <laughs> but you know, you learn that they are so much more capable than we <laughs> right, right. than we let them be before because they could do it on their own, and they showed they showed how great they were, Stop but. Up, right? <laughs> Well, that speaks to your parenting, that you have done a good job in raising them, that when push came to shove, Mm -hmm. they really were, they stepped up. Yeah. It's just so hard for us to let go. (laughs) Well, and speaking of let go, that was another big thing that I learned was letting go, but also accepting help. I was not good at accepting compliments, accepting Mm -hmm. help. People would offer things. Oh, no, no, I don't need anything. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, thank you very much. But, you know, I learned to accept help. I learned, even though I'm not religious, when people would say, you know, they wanted to pray for me and they wanted to, you know, hold me in their prayers. Mm -hmm. I saw that as as they're showing love. And I I felt blessed by that. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter if I didn't share their their same faith. Right. um, Mm -hmm. It was their way of showing me love. And so just learning to let go and and accept people bringing me meals and and offering things. One thing I can say, and most cancer survivors and patients have shared this, is it's next to impossible when somebody says, let me know if you need anything. Oh, because nobody's going to. I was actually just going to bring that up. That <laughs> yeah, it's probably, they're not going to. It's no. that decision fatigue. Like, right. I don't have the mental capacity to tell you what I need right now. Like just like yeah. if you want to do something, do something. And that's yeah. our biggest right. advice. Yeah. It, yeah, come up with something. Yeah, you know, do it. Offer. Yeah, like bring but, a meal. But don't or, mm-hmm. put it out there, mm-hmm. and don't offer things you're not prepared to carry right. out. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that is one of the worst. Definitely. It's like you know, and if 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 it's too much for you, then don't offer it because right. we are, then it. it'll feel like it's a not coming from the right place. Right. And people will right. know and they yeah. will feel mm-hmm. that. Definitely. Yeah. And I think too, just, we have such a hard time asking for, for the help and whatever. And so when we do, and if somebody isn't really, really ready to do that, we only had one person do that to us and it was a silly thing, but they didn't really, mean the help (laughs) that they were offering and we were like wow we would have never asked had -hmm. you not offered so we're we're very steadfast on make sure it's something that you are willing to really do and offer a specific thing Mm -hmm. you know hey when's your chemo or when's your radiation can i take you on one of these days next week or whatever put out a specific thing because when you say hey let me know if you need anything like you said we're not going to yeah we're not right. going to. It's it's almost like you're just saying, you know, have a nice day. Right. Or, you know, how are you doing? Where, you know, do people really, when when they ask that, it's yeah. like a, nobody, a way nobody, of saying something in passing. It's do you not, really want to hear? Mm. Yeah. Nobody yeah. needs your obligatory kindness. No. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you keep that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the, you know, toxic positivity that people. Oh, right. Yes. That right. word is a little tossed around too much, but, and, mm-hmm. and I don't believe all of what people say call out as mm-hmm. toxic positivity is necessarily toxic positivity 
you know, because sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Absolutely. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, sometimes yep. you have to just put on a happy face right. and just mm-hmm. face the day and sure. get through it. And, you know, if you put on a frown, it's hard to turn that around. <laughs> True. But if you, if you are trying to show mm-hmm. positivity, sometimes it just starts coming naturally. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, that, you know, that. Oh, you're gonna make it. You're gonna be great. You know, yeah. you're you know, you're you're tough. You're, Everything you know, happens for a like, reason. When it comes, to that's more outside. like self soothing for themselves yes. than right. it is Letting for you. Themselves off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when yeah. it comes from the outside to you, like you're the person going through it. So you don't need someone on the outside saying like, oh, well, at least this, or well, you should be grateful for this. You know, right? That's, you know, or you can be positive yeah. if you choose to be positive throughout your journey, but you don't need someone else forcing that on you. Right. Or the the same goes for them sharing cancer stories, either mm-hmm. their own mm-hmm. or somebody that they know or somebody that they read about. It, it could be it, whether it's like, Oh, you're going to do great. See, so-and-so, you know, wasn't such a big deal or, mm-hmm. you know, that's right. really, that's, that's, that's a tough cancer. I don't know. You, you know, I've heard this person had it and they, they died. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh my I, gosh. thank you. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, wow, you know? I hadn't thought of that until you just said it. Right. <laughs> Thanks. And those are the things like we had just experienced that recently with a diagnosis with my dad that we knew, we all knew what it meant. Nobody needed to say it. Yeah. You know, no one needed to say, oh, man, you have X, Y, and Z, you're not going to make it. We knew. So it's like, you don't need to say, <laughs> you don't need to say anything right. like that. Right. We know, and we know what the risks are. Mm-hmm. Not all cancers are lethal. It doesn't mean a death sentence always, but we know the risk. We know what we're facing. So we don't need those weird mm-hmm. <laughs> comments. <laughs> right. Okay, so you did the 28 days, and then... Did you have to wait after for your um, your white blood cells to go back up to do uh, uh, surgery? Or uh, good question. It, it's not about the white blood cells. Oh, there's okay. actually um, there's a sweet spot mm-hmm. after the radiation. It's six to eight weeks. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, if my memory cor- you know is correct, I believe it was six to eight weeks or five to. Anyways. Because the radiation continues doing its thing. Cooking. Yes. Yes. Cooking. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, it does. <laughs> Whatever it's doing. Yeah. I don't have the exact yep. you know, <laughs> medical dialogue to express <laughs> that. But, yeah, so uh, so they, they they can't perform the surgery before, you know, about five weeks. Okay. okay. Gotcha. And, um, and then it um, – so, like, oh, to back up, I uh, – with the next step and how I jumped the, the hoop a little bit when I was told I needed to have both an oncologist and a medical oncologist, I, I reached out to whoever I knew in the Kaiser mm-hmm. um, system, and I ha- have uh, friends and nurses in Kaiser and got names and referrals. Oh, okay, good. Um, and uh, uh, however, no, back up. I think I got those after I, I was assigned the first one. So I, I knew I needed radiation, and somehow I had the, the um, radiation oncologist, and I saw them and had my treatment plan before seeing the medical oncologist. Oh, okay. And that was backwards. Right. It okay. was I, – I 
I don't know how I did that. And I was actually fine with it being that way. Mm -hmm. Um, The medical oncologist that I was assigned kind of showed her true colors when she saw that I did that because she felt she was cut out of the the oh, loop. Geez. Oh, geez. And it didn't go. Yes, because this is all about your ego. I was your just going to say that. It wasn't yes. about her. So, <laughs> it kind of went downhill from there. And I am actually grateful because it forced me to uh, reassess and right. look for another one. Yet again, advocate for yourself. I, yeah. I, I shared my feelings one day with my radiation oncologist, and he backed me up and. and that's it turns great. out that I was not the only one who shared my feelings. Oh, See, okay. good to speak up. Mm-hmm. But he also um, cautioned me to wait until after my radiation was done before I switched to another okay. oncologist. Oh, okay. And um, just for continuity of care, right? Yeah. And okay. I was going to have the the break after that right. treatment. Okay. Where then I had my surgery because then after surgery, then you have more chemo. Okay. okay. So I was also also had a um, surgeon that they had um, placed me with, and I decided to again start looking. Mm-hmm. And I and with Kaiser, you actually get unlimited amounts of referrals. Oh, oh fantastic! You continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, your time is valuable, and you're not going to want to go have unlimited referrals and right. it just starts making your head spin mm-hmm. but you don't have to be you know constrained to yeah what they offer right yeah and so i um uh, did seek out um because uh, i in my reading mm-hmm. i decided that i wanted to have robotic surgery oh All the offerings for the surgery were open laparoscopic and robotic oh okay and there's a number of advantages with robotic mm-hmm. wow. um where did you find your information? Uh, just Google the internet and and, and also actual books. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, and it, robotic at that point, this is 2016, was mm-hmm. still you know in its uh, early days. Okay. So Kaiser didn't have that many facilities that had the the robot. Okay. okay. It's the Da Vinci robot, I believe it's called. Okay. Uh huh. Um, and the, the only one local was CellSAC. Okay. Um, but I, I, again, I went on, Kaiser has, uh, you can go on and you can look at all the doctors and read their bios and get a feel. And a friend of mine who's a Kaiser nurse, she recommended that, that I, I, you know, really look at who my surgeon is. First off, she's the one who recommended don't just take who they give you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have my initial consultation with the, um, and he, he, and he was one of the top surgeons, but, um, it was going to be open or possibly laparoscopic. And, um, I just didn't feel comfortable with that. And he wasn't a specialized, he was working towards Mm -hmm. be wanting to be specialized in colorectal surgeries, but he wasn't. And you and just I didn't really want to be a guinea pig. Specialized. Right. Yeah. There right. was too much at stake. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, ending up with a lifetime colostomy bag or, you know, just right. there right. was, you know, it, it, it wasn't a hernia operation. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and I, and then I really, you know, narrowed it down to the robotic. 
And so I went on on the Kaiser website and I really read up on all of the different surgeons. And my cousin is a, a doctor and he's a um, he does uh, education and training as well and oh, emergency wow. doctor in Maine. And okay. I asked him to read some of the bios as well and get his feel. Good. And another tip that my friend, the nurse, said, you you don't need to actually go down and see them for your first step. You can talk to them on the phone. Right. And yeah. she also gave me another really great tip was ask to talk to one of their support staff first. Oh. A nurse. Mm, okay. You know, yeah. That's get smart. a feel from them. That's right. Yeah. Call the hospital, ask if you can talk to so and so doctor that you had selected and, you know, a nurse on their staff mm-hmm. who um, operates with them. And so I, I did call into um, a couple and I had one that I really um, had narrowed it down to. And when I called, he was at um, San Francisco in the um, Kaiser. And I, I called and I asked to speak to a nurse or somebody on his staff and I got his assistant and his assistant said, well, do you want to actually talk to him? And I said, well, yes, sure. That'd be great. Yeah. And um, I was told, well, he's in surgery and he's uh, he'll be able to call you back at, you know, so-and-so time. And he called me back. Great. And immediately I knew that was who I wanted. That's yeah. great. He was so calming and re- reassuring on the phone. Um, he spent so much time on the phone. And one of the first things he did, which is very important, was look at his, uh, his schedule. He asked what the dates were that I fin- was finishing um, radiation because okay. he knew, you know, what the sweet spot was. Right. Pinpointed the date. And he looked at his schedule and there was a cancellation for the robot. Wow. wow. Oh my God. And I had no idea before when I was selecting the robot how lucky that was because there there's there was only ro- one robot. Right. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Oh my it was gosh. you know, trying to get a um um a surgery that has to be a special date. Right. Um it was and all the stars just lined up. That's um, amazing. And and he did say he wanted to meet me in person before, you know, I made my final selection. And so I had set up an appointment. I went down. I met with him. And that really even sealed it more because uh, I learned how much of a rock star this surgeon was, not by him, because he is the most modest, oh. humble oh. man ever. And for a surgeon, that's really uh, yeah. impossible to <laughs> <Right>. find. <laughs> You're not lying. Yeah. yeah. He donates his time in Africa oh, for wow. all of his vacations. Wow. Um, everybody on his staff loves him. That he, says everything. He, tur- he, he kept his, his uh, beeper on, mm-hmm. obviously, because, you know, and he, but turned off his phone. And he spent close to 45 minutes with us. Wow. Oh, for a consultation. Amazing. That's amazing. That's how yeah. it should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and then this guy is very, very busy. Yeah. Very right. busy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Very in-demand surgeon. And, um, you know, Kaiser doesn't put up with that for a lot of surgeons, but with him because he's... 
he could go anywhere, literally. Yeah. Um, and, and I also learned later with all my follow appointments that the flip side of that is I have to be prepared to wait. Yes. <laughs> Possibly for a very long time for my appointments because he gives that same right, level right. of care and compassion to every other patient. And when it's your turn, you will get that right. same. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I just, okay, sit there and wait and, <laughs> and know that, 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 you know, I could yeah. have to wait for a while. Um, but I love that he took that time to give you what you needed right. in that moment yeah. and, and was not worried about the clock. Yes. Mm-hmm. And my husband as well. And um, my husband was asking all kinds of questions about the robot. And my husband's very technical. Yeah. And, um, and he looked at it, the, the doctor looked at me and said, do you do photography? Do you understand? And he said, yes. And he, he figured out a way to share and help him understand. And he could understand everything about how the robotics process. Wow. Okay, there, we've got a surgeon with emotional intelligence. Right? What? <laughs> That's crazy. Exactly, and while we right? need to know his name oh. to spread and, it around. And, and here's the kicker. I've never heard of another surgeon who does this. He keeps his patients for life. Oh, most, wow. most surgeons, they just, you're done. You yes. Have that's one follow up if you're lucky. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. He, he keeps his patients for life. He does not send them back to the GI department unless they want to. That wow. is incredible. So he personally does all of my colonoscopies. Oh, wow. Oh my but that, that makes so much sense because yeah, he right? knows where you were, what yep. you went through, where you should yes. be. Yeah. And so he's he got your whole colon. history. Yeah. yeah. And he cares. And and then he also calls himself a worry wart, his words. <laughs> he has a very adorable accent. Mm-hmm. He's from Iran. And he has, it's uh, kind of an English accent. Mm-hmm. But, and, and he uses just the words he comes up with. He's using like, Tells me my colon is beautiful. <laughs> that's hilarious. You're like, you know what? He's a lot of colons, and the fact that he calls yours out—I mean, yeah, that's pretty great. I feel very special. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like I said, he also uh, calls himself a worry war, and mm-hmm. he said for rectal cancer in particular, it, the it could come back, you know, faster. The potential of it coming back is okay. greater. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does not follow the protocol, the general protocol or the Kaiser protocol, and he does his own thing. Wow. So I saw him a week after my surgery for the first follow-up, and mm-hmm. then I think it was six weeks, and then three months, and then it was every three months for a year, Okay. And six months. And um, I had my first follow-up colonoscopy well in between i had sigmoidoscopies okay okay and i then i had a colonoscopy and i was cleared so i went to three years and then that was cleared so i'm now five years wow congratulations and i'm now so like i said it was um january 15th of 2016 so i'm eight years fantastic that's awesome that is fantastic after your surgery what was that recovery and stuff like? Was that hard on you? Well, again, robotic surgery okay. is much easier for the um, the recovery period. Okay. Oh, now, okay. with one reason to choose it. The okay. Hospitalization is cut almost in half. 
Oh, oh wow. Recovery is almost in half. Wow. Um, I I had the idea. I've never had a tattoo besides my radiation dots. Right. <laughs> I got mine still. <laughs> but I've always talked about having tattoos, especially <laughs> since, since cancer. <laughs> and I I joked about having uh, little butterfly ta- tattoos on my belly mm-hmm. for butterflies in my stomach. Oh, my, ta- my radiate my uh, my scars from surgery. I love that. But I literally have no scars. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. Because it was robotic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. If I was daring, I could wear a two-piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, people who have scars can also wear a two-piece. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Show it off. Right. right. Yeah, they're your battle scars. <laughs> yep. I yeah. thought for a second you were going to say that you wanted a robot tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but who knows? Maybe down the line. My, my youngest has wanted to be a robotics engineer for uh, now. It's probably been about 15 years. Wow. So. Wow. Maybe one day he'll yeah. he'll reach that goal. Doctor so, didn't so. let him sit in on the surgery. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't think he would have wanted to. No. <laughs> yeah. So did you ever get to see, like, did he ever demonstrate how the robot worked? Or did you ever get well, to see how it worked? I, I, there's lots of videos to watch. Oh, okay. He did okay. Um, in-depth talk about that when he okay. was, like, for me, a lot of it just kind of went over my head. Um, but my husband, he... You right, yeah. That knowledge up. That's the way his brain works. So, gotcha. did you get to? Did he record your surgery? Did you ever go back and watch your surgery? I, you know, I don't know. I never asked that question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I do know, and this was another thing that actually um, uh, had me. Um, well, I was already sold on him, but you know, so my friend who's the nurse, she suggested that when I go in for my appointments to um, use my phone and record. Asked them in advance if they minded. Mm -hmm. And the first surgeon who I met with, who was local, and Mm -hmm. it was not going to be robotic, he said no. Wow. Oh. So that was kind of a, you know, a red red flag, flag, right? Yeah. It's Um, so much information. You should be able to go back and review it. Trying to remember when your mind is just overwhelmed with too many questions. That's weird. This is a major diagnosis and a major surgery. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, my... uh, Second one, he's absolutely. Yeah. Great. Because so. yeah. somebody, I mean, I know someone that um, when they were diagnosed, they went home and started having complications. And they, you know, their caretaker said, did you, did you read the paper? Oh, no, it's too much information. I didn't Ugh. even read it. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like reading the instruction manual when you buy a computer, right? right. Yes. You're, yeah, you're going to kind Just of try want- to push all the buttons and make it work. <laughs> find one that works. Yeah. Right. Um, so that does seem like something that Proct- or, or providers should almost encourage so that yeah. you don't have to and have any misunderstandings. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so th- those are some takeaways that I would I would suggest as being a self advocate and yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like those are tips that we haven't heard before, like asking yeah. to record your your consultation right. or you know just really like check the recording laws of the state that you're in because yes. you might not need a two-party right. consent depending <laughs> on where you're located but we do here in california correct yeah, yeah. 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 california you need to, yes yeah yeah i think uh, well, if you're in new york you it's a one-party consent and, and you know i would want to do that anyways because that is uh kind of shows you who you're dealing with too yeah. Yeah. right what, what their answer is mm-hmm. right um, yeah. yeah yeah and so you said after the surgery 
Did you say that you then had to do more chemo? Yes. Okay. So it was, I think, I think I had an eight-week break after the surgery. Okay. And then um, four months of uh, twice a month, so eight rounds okay. of okay. chemo. And that was infusion chemo. The first chemo I had with the radiation was uh, take-home pills. Oh, okay. Twice okay. a day pills. Okay. What, and what was, what? Zolota was Zolota, the okay. um, first one. And what was your the cleanup one has a really fun name, 5-FU. Oh, yes. Yes. I've yes. heard of it. Yep. Five of you. There yeah. was actually, yeah. I don't, there was a shortage last year. Was there? Mm-hmm. I would say there was a certain type of breast cancer that I know that it's really big for five mm-hmm. FU. And mm-hmm. I forget something else too. But yeah, I've heard that because the name it's is a very old. It's like, how old is 50 years old? And you know, a, a colorectal cancer has not gotten the um, attention, you know, and right. the funding it mm-hmm. needs mm-hmm. to get yeah. more research done, even though it's, I don't have the statistics in front of me. It's like the second leading cancer. It's high up there. Yeah. And and it's also one that, well, it's progressing for younger and younger patients. I know people in our support groups. Yeah. Yeah. 11 years old. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. They're always diagnosed at stage four. Oh my gosh. Whoa. By the time they're finally diagnosed. Do you think that has to do with. uh, There's speculation. Nobody has answers yet. Yeah. It's like the million dollar question that they keep tossing around environmental, diet, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. One thing to point out for my brother and I, um, you asked about um, genetics. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I did have, in fact, surgeon I had before he would he, he would even operate on me mm-hmm. he wanted my genetic test yep. done oh. and the results back good okay. he wanted to know what he was dealing with right because yeah. if it was Lynch syndrome okay he wanted to take out my entire colon oh, wow. oh so okay. I was like okay okay <laughs> better not be Lynch or I find you another surgeon <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow. he get it on a quick uh, J pouch. It would have been fine. I mean, you would have constantly <laughs> had infections, but you'd have been fine. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. That's interesting, and, though. That it, it seems as though most people are getting diagnosed at a, a much later stage. Like I'm wondering if because they're the, younger. Oh, and, and they're not yeah. getting uh, you know, Yeah, who so believes women? Colorectal cancer is the most preventable cancer there is. That's wow. what I've heard. Yeah. Yes, if you diagnose and it's one of the most curable too if it's caught early right wow. right you know mine was late stage mm-hmm. but uh, i would end up you know i hate to use the c word but you know i do feel that i was cured yeah you know as cured as you can be right, right. i mean that that is one thing that you learn going through this is you have things that you keep getting scanned mm-hmm. on you have spots here and spots there that Nope. If you weren't if you weren't a cancer patient, you'd never know you had those right. spots. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And so I had spots on my liver, and mm-hmm. they watched them and watched them. They didn't move. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel it. It's a fatty liver, but I I think it's like little little cysts because I do my body does tend to get develop little cysts. Right. So, mm-hmm. but so those are worrisome having spots there that you are right. watching. But if I wasn't a cancer patient, I would never know. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Right? Makes you think. Like, it does. Yeah. What's going on I always inside. say, I always yeah. say, like, I just want a full body scan. Just yeah. to see. We have just one, to of, see. one of our littles is 
has very health um, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think it probably stems from me getting cancer and then COVID and all these things. And so she always says like, how how do you know? How how do I know what's going on in my body? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, if you feel well, you know, then we're okay. If there's anything we're concerned about, we'll go. But she's like, no. I want to know. Like she yeah. wants a full body scan and she she's little. She is my mini me. Yeah. yeah. So you don't want her to be exposed to all that yeah. radiation. No, not at all. But I don't want her. I, I want to calm that that fear down because I'm like most people aren't getting scans. So like, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're you have a chronic but that's illness been or such a normal right, part right. of her life, her life. and her mm-hmm. upbringing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's normal to her. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like for me, when I was um, what I call fired by my oncologist <laughs> when I hit five years, and then I oh, begged right. him for a, for a, for a bonus year, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, was to just be dropped and yeah. no right. longer watched. Yeah, it's like that's you know, hard. I so I came up on my five years. Now it's. I mean, this year, it's not till later, but Mm -hmm. this year will be seven years, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when I came up on my five years, I literally was having a mental breakdown because I knew I was going to be fired from my oncologist and I was terrified, literally just losing my mind and she didn't let me go. So I was like, well, thank goodness she's going to let me go this year. She she prepared me (laughs) a year in advance. She she prepared me a year in advance. She was like, okay, next year will be our last one. I'm like, I'll get some therapy. We'll be fine. (laughs) But you do feel just left and forgotten, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. Yes, I've I've said that survivorship is so much harder than going through the treatments. Yeah, yeah. The treatments, you know, you have a whole team by you, mm-hmm. and you have a plan, right? And you're busy because you always have, you know, schedules and appointments and lab tests, and you you just go go go, right. and you moving forward, and uh, and and you also have your support network around mm-hmm. you. And as soon as you, you know, you're done, support network is gone. Not that I, you know, expect people to continue bringing me meals, but, you know, it's just like, okay, she's done. But But you feel that. And it's all of a sudden, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You feel that sudden loss of the calls the texts the the friends stopping by mm-hmm. that you you feel that loss it's yeah. big it's and it's hard and i i have i agree with you a thousand percent i think survivorship is much harder because when you're in the process you're you're not thinking about that you're yeah. just in the moment go 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 i was just gonna say it's probably that like fight or flight you're not most people are not taking time to process it. Right. And then all of a sudden when yeah. you're done mm-hmm. and you don't have these appointments and you don't have people surrounding you all the time, right. you're like, great, now all I have to do is think about it. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I do say that with a caveat is that, you know, I, I realize for those who will never be done with treatment, sure. you know, you know, whether they, it, it's just a, becomes a chronic right. disease mm-hmm. for them yeah. or not. Yeah, that, uh, you know, to hear somebody who is a survivor say that survivorship is harder. So, you know, I I do I do say that with a little bit of guilt factor in there, too, which becomes a big part of your life as a cancer survivor is the, you know, guilt in different areas and learning Mm -hmm. how to Mm -hmm. manage that aspect. Yeah. Well, it's different for everyone, and it's a big, mm-hmm. it's a big trauma mm-hmm. that and you I, have to give yourself credit for going right. through. Yeah, and we had um, 
our event today for Waze. And in talking with Abby, we were talking about that. And I was telling you guys that, oh, you may not have been here yet, that I've been seeing Abby for about three, almost four months now. And I didn't realize the guilt I had in survivorship. And when we lose someone from cancer, how that affects me. And I think, why, why not me? Why, why did they have to go? And, you know, so that I didn't even realize I was fighting that until Mm -hmm. we started digging. And then I was like, Oh, I have all this, like you said, this weird guilt. And so it's, you know, it's hard. Like you said, we survivorship is hard. Cancer was hard. Chronic, a chronic treatment in cancer. I can't even imagine. So I I get what you're saying with that. It's kind of like the whole, you know, controversy of the bell. Being able to ring the bell when you're finished with the treatment Mm -hmm. and people in there who know they'll never be able to ring the bell. Right. And having to hear that bell. Right. Oh, I never even thought about that. Yeah. That's why they've gotten rid of the bell in a lot of places. I say we, I never had a bell. No, you never got a bell. I had a bell after my radiation. They actually, Um, they did have a bell at the end of my radiation, but they forgot it was my last day. So I was checking out and we were about to walk out and they're like, wait, it was your last day. And I was like, ding, ding. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, actually mentioning being the last day on my last day of my my chemo which was my last last of everything last okay and i was by myself and a friend's group they were having lunch that day and i couldn't make it because i had my last appointment and it was just really it was such a hard day in so many ways because i was missing this lunch nobody was there with me it was like a woe is me yeah and um I just, it was feeling so overwhelming. I was feeling like, I was so confusing because I was feeling like, I, I'm, I don't understand this because I should be so grateful. Yep. Right. I'm done. I don't have to come back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was just so confusing. And you're supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to on your last day, be presented with this certificate from signed by everybody in the oncology ward and mm-hmm. uh, everybody up there who gives the chemo, mm-hmm. and they forgot. <gasps> oh no. no! And I and I'd ask, and I felt weird having to ask. It's like, oh, did you bring me my birthday present? But it's something so it felt less meaningful yeah. when I had to ask for it, and it, you know, and then they rushed to get it, get oh. one and, and make it and right. have a, a few people standing by. It was probably the nighttime cleaners sign it, <laughs> you know, oh, it like, I don't know. It just. I, so for it, any healthcare professionals listening, if you wonder if that makes a difference, it, it makes absolutely a difference. does. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it makes it feel more official too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I felt done. bad that it was like such a stupid little piece of paper, but it was it, you know, it just added into my woe is me, yeah. Yeah. you know, victim, you know, feeling that I was processing along with the last day of chemo. Sure. And, um yeah. Yeah. The last day of chemo was really hard. I remember that being um I I didn't want to stop, which is so weird. And yeah. it's because now I understand with therapy. <laughs> now I understand. I was just afraid of the, I, I was fighting all that time. I was fighting something. And right. now all of a sudden I'm supposed to stop. Uh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. cancer's going to come back. Right. If I yeah, stop, right. it'll come back. So I yeah, don't want right. to stop. So yeah, it, it's very confusing. I mean, my, my chemo was actually what they call the cleanup chemo, which okay. it was, you know, my, my tumor was gone. Right. It was mm-hmm. gone from actually the first stage, which was the chemo radiation. 
because by the time I had the surgery, my surgeon said the tumor was gone. Right. And, you know, okay. all the lymph nodes around were dead. Okay. Um, and um, so then the, the chemo part was the clean, cleanup. So it wasn't like I was still fighting anything. Sure. It was more. Mm-hmm. The, For any free-floating you know, cells. Right. And, and, and yep. Coming back kind yeah. of mm-hmm. bit that, uh, and I, I, saying that word fighting brings up that I know that that's another hot word for a lot of people they in the cancer community really yeah don't want to hear any of the words like fighting and um battle and uh you know like things that sound like it's a war right yeah. and yeah. or that you lost your battle, yes that I've you heard didn't that too. stop fighting right? yeah you know mm-hmm. that you let go right, and, right. um and uh, yeah, so I, I try I can to show that. respect to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not as sensitive to words myself, but because I know mm-hmm. hearing others, yeah. their sensitivity, and I can understand that I, I do try to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Well, no, because I hadn't even thought about that because when you say that they lost their battle with cancer, there is an implication or there mm-hmm. could be an implication that they did something wrong mm-hmm, or that right. had, you know, had they done differently that they didn't it fight could have, hard enough. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's and definitely not, not the, case. the case. I actually just heard that on, um, now that I think about it, uh, one of my podcasts and, um, it's a really funny po- podcast. It's called obituaries, but it's like, Oh yeah. Bitch. Like, Oh, bituaries. And, oh. and it's very lighthearted, but they talk everything, death and dying and they read obituaries and, um, this listener had talked about how people don't like that phrase. Like they lost their battle with either depression or cancer or some disease. Suicide. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they said, um, they were reading an obituary for someone who had passed from the complications of, of cancer and chemo. And they said, um, he didn't lose his battle. He took that motherfucker with them. Exactly. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah. Like he yep. took it with him. Like, exactly. you know, it doesn't live on without yeah. you. Like, yeah. like, he took it, he took, took it with him. Took the battle to the grave. You know yep. what? That is absolutely, <laughs> that is the perfect way to put it. Yeah. Because yeah. they definitely fight until the very mm. last, you know. Yeah. And it can't thrive without you. Mm-mm. So it, it yeah. didn't win. No, it know? didn't win. Yeah. No. You're right. I like that. That's a great way to think of it because just with it being, being so fresh with us, mm-hmm. I'm thinking I like that better. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't lose his battle. He yeah. just took it to the grave with him. Mm-hmm. He took that motherfucker and is buried. <laughs> Six feet under. Yeah. Done. Captain <laughs> went down with that ship. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, it's not something that you're saying about your journey. It's what other people are yeah. saying about it. Right. 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 And that's uh, with yeah. judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what feels icky about it, right? Mm-hmm. That I was trying to pinpoint what felt icky about that. And it is feels like a judgment. Yeah. 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 I wanted to touch on when we were meeting at our event today, we had talked um, briefly about you had made an amazing comment about the invisible disabilities. Yes. Not having to go into specifics, but just that once we're cured or in remission or whatever word they want no evidence of no evidence of disease whatever word they want to call it that we look well we're functioning we're going on with life but we have these invisible disabilities Mm -hmm. exactly yeah yes whether it's like yes bone pain or you know the um, chemo brain chemo brain or you know just ptsd yeah absolutely i I thought that was i have lasting symptoms from all of my different all three of the t- treatments the radiation surgery mm-hmm. and the chemo right and yeah. um 
it's it's changed who I am. It's changed my my body. It's changed my aging. Mm-hmm. Um, and my health is great. I've really, you know, I, I I I feel healthier and stronger than I have in a long time. Good. But you know, I'm always pleased when people don't think I look my age. But <laughs> I gotta say, in many ways, I feel older than mm-hmm. my age. Right. And um. You know, my all my joints ache. Right. You know, I garden and then, you know, I can't I can't sleep because my hands are in so much pain trying mm-hmm. to go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. I don't have very much neuropathy, but when it does come, it's always in the middle of the night. Oh on wow. my feet when oh, I'm trying no. to trying to oh. sleep. Oh you know, everything yeah. seems to come at nighttime. <laughs> you know, it's oh. like my sleep's hard enough. Right. right. Um so and yeah. I think that's that's a big point of why I wanted to talk about it and keep bringing it up on our podcast is um it's not everybody just thinks you go back to normal or go back right. to before and there is no there's no before right. it's and where you're not no the normal, same person again right. you're going to be yeah. a you come out of this well, a different person yeah i mean i i think people want to feel that because sure. they want to feel reassured and mm-hmm. they want to go on and feel that you're fine right and so they don't really want to hear how you know these other things that are going on no so i don't really share those aspects with my family they don't understand they don't really want to understand mm-hmm. and that's not a character judgment on them not wanting to understand they just they're not able to and so support groups are very important. So important. Whether going through the journey or after. M- me, myself, I didn't have any support groups going through. Oh, as okay. far as like cancer support groups. Right. Okay. Um, you know, there was something at Kaiser. That I think I had to go to like one. Um, but yeah, it was like, I, I just didn't find any. Uh, when I was looking, it was all ones for breast, breast cancer, cancer or mm-hmm. something else. And it wasn't until after my treatments that I started looking and finding some online Facebook groups for um, colorectal and getting involved with that and um, volunteering uh, really ha- has helped with with yeah. my uh, survivorship journey and That's feeling cool. like I'm giving back and, and helping with others um, right. for their journey or, totally. or, or um, with diagnosis if they need Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to understand. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, I think a lot of that is just people's uncomfortableness with, with your illness and mm-hmm. wanting to feel that you're fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had heard on a Ted talk that, you know, we're so used to not wanting to be in any type of uncomfort. So mm-hmm. we medicate or we, you know, remove ourselves from situations. And if we never have any uncomfortability, like we're not learning, we're not giving, or I'm sorry, we're not living and giving ourselves the opportunity to learn. So yeah, lean into the uncomfortability. Mm, It's uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. No, I think that's a problem with our society. I mean, it's Mm. not just our society, but you know, many societies Yeah, is that we want to avoid the uncomfort Mm -hmm. and, and uncomfort that for ourselves or that we might, be giving to others mm-hmm. and rather than just like you say lean into it and and learn from it and try to rather than just covering it up 
get through it. Right. And otherwise, it's going to come back. Absolutely. And not in a good way. Yeah. Often. Um, and yeah, there's all kinds of ways of self-medicating, as we know. Yes. You know, with being addicted to anything online, just spending all your time gaming or yeah. Uh, you know, of course, you know. Then there's also alcohol, and right. you know, name it. There's the, there's I mean, a, it could a be lot sweets. of ways. To, it could be you know, food, alcohol, drugs. It, it, online, like you said, there's so many with the games, the gambling. There's porn. There's all the you know all well, social media. Social I mean, social media yeah. is an addiction in itself. I've yeah, had to right. stop well, watching that. TikTok before I go to bed because I can go. I'll oh, get in yeah. bed and be exhausted, and then I'll be like, I'll just scroll on TikTok, and two hours later, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, right now for me it's Duolingo. It's like I think I'm learning, but you know, it's really it's really a game. <laughs> yes. I've been like, learning Italian through Duolingo yeah. and I'm like, one more lesson. Oh yeah. Lesson. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm in the finals. I'm in the yeah. semifinals. I'm gonna oh, get stars. I gotta get my lesson in today. I can't miss a day. I think it's I like, have that on my I need phone. That my, I need my fifth free 15 minute boost exactly oh <laughs> yeah the kids have been doing vietnamese on my phone oh my gosh i need to i wanted to actually download Duolingo, yeah so now yeah that I yeah, it's yeah. Fun. and they like don't want to miss their they've street made, they've gamified it they have uh, to make it addictive right uh, because yeah. my little one gets nervous she's like i don't want to miss my streak i don't know what that means but oh, she's like uh, i gotta yeah. do it i gotta <laughs> i am i think Oh, I'm over 300 days of streak. Wow. Good for wow. you. Oh, wow. And what, what language it are you? It shows my addiction level. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? At least it's that and not math. <laughs> Duolingo. We'll take it. <laughs> yes, okay. Okay. At least it's not math. At yeah. least I'm not shopping too much. There you go. At least. <laughs> when life gets you down, just think, you know, I could be doing math. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Duolingo, so. Yeah. <laughs> what language are you learning? Um, Spanish. Oh, okay. I had Spanish in, in high school. I went through uh, three years and advanced for my last year, but then didn't use it. And part of that, I think, I wanted to learn French. Okay. That's what she but learned. My parents, being that we lived in California, mm-hmm. you know, and they were very practical, you know, Spanish made more sense. Same right. with, yeah, I, well, for I me. wanted to learn French. <laughs> so, you know, I think part of me just, you know, didn't. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because, you know, I married a Frenchman and my oh. kids, we made them, I made them take French because, you know, that made sense. Yes. Yeah. That's their nationality if they wanted to go back to Canada and live. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they wanted to take Japanese. Oh. <laughs> How funny. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Funny. We always want yeah. what we can't have. Exactly. <laughs> Grass is always greener, right? Yeah. But, you know, so, um, yeah. And, I, and I did, I worked for Volkswagen, German company. So I did take some German classes. But after high school, I just never really used my Spanish. Right. I and, didn't either. Yeah. So, uh, but. I have one of my very best friends moved to Chile um, in college. Oh. We were roommates in college, and she left before graduation. Married a Chilean, and she's been there ever since. And I've wanted to go for years. Do and it. again, it's like, I can do this. Why am I not going? Yeah. The, the, the only stopping point for me is you know, going by myself and going to Chile and visiting her by myself. It's not a problem. But if I went all the way down there, I would also want to do Argentina, and I would oh, want to okay. do yes. Peru, Machu Picchu, and right. do it all. And it's not like 
going to Europe as a single, especially a single female, yeah. right, and traveling around because there isn't public transit that's that great and safe. Yeah, you can't like just hop on, on a train, train going from London to France. Right. right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of been my stopping point. But I will. Make will it she down go there. get her to go with you? Uh, yes, she's, she's, she's awfully busy though. Gallivanting oh. <laughs> around the world on her own. Oh, she's that just sounds got terrible. Back Africa. <gasps> oh. And she was. Oh my gosh! I think she was in South Africa. Okay. And I think she was in the Far East. Wow! Wow! Uh, over the summer, I'm trying to remember all the places that she's. She's quite the world traveler herself. Yeah, that's awesome. very multiple cool. Languages, but yes. Yeah, so I'm, um, and what it was the impetus for me getting onto Duolingo was a trip to Costa Rica Ooh, last February. Yes, okay. and, that's right. Yes. I forgot you went. I remember oh, that now. Great. Yes. Well, the first two days were great. Oh. when I was on my own in in the rainforest, that was fabulous. Being with a group on the beach, not so fabulous. Not so but, fabulous. Yeah. Anyways, oh. that's a whole nother. Podcast. That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so one of the um, um, hosts I found online for a little um, B&B, he, we were chatting through WhatsApp because WhatsApp is huge mm-hmm. everywhere in the world besides mm-hmm. the U.S. Yep. Um, oh, when I went to Costa Rica, that's how I communicated yeah, we, with my parents. Mexico too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Europe, everywhere. Everybody does WhatsApp. And um, so I never heard of it before. But he suggested that I, you know, use Duolingo. And I was like, oh, okay. So I signed up for Duolingo. But I didn't really start using it until I got back from Costa Rica. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, and, yeah, I've just gotten my little addiction. But, you know, <laughs> so now I – but, I, you know, my vocabulary is getting strong and uh, my writing is getting pretty strong. And my my hearing, and which is really tough with Spanish, probably other languages too, but just to be able to fine-tune, especially with my – tinnitus and so forth yeah. between what they're saying a day and day and a, you know mm-hmm. you know the, the well because palette. conversationally it's so much faster so yeah. than the way you learn it well and it's ai so they all sound like little robots <laughs> so it's particularly hard but but i don't i'm not comfortable with my speaking you know first off and speaking it in public i i did a little bit with a, a, a friend not long ago who is, uh, uh, his first language is Spanish, he's Mexican, and he's like, you're talking like you're reading it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and? it's that obvious. <laughs> you're like, look, okay, at least I'm saying Now it. I'm even more self-conscious, you know, and so, so I, I, I really have to immerse myself right. at some point, but I yeah. am, you know, I, I'm feeling like I can, you know, get by. Yeah, yeah. Um, and phones right now, you can just hold out your phone and they can translate right. for you. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, um, how how has life looked after cancer? Oh, night and day. Gosh. Yeah. I, it, you know, they people hate saying cancer is a gift. It's like, you know, I can't mm. say cancer is a gift, but it did wake me up. Sure. Yeah, that's a yeah. great way of saying it. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's like um, I, I was so focused on everyone else mm-hmm. and you know that part of you know taking everybody else to the doctor doing things for everybody else and then suddenly it was like not doing anything for anybody besides right. myself taking myself to the doctor and um 
so yeah, learning on self care, focusing mm-hmm. on myself, and right. it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. not selfish. Not right. to focus yeah. on yourself. Yeah. Well, you have and, to fill your cup to be able yeah. to fill other people's cups. Right. And probably one of the biggest things I remember being in and out of Kaiser's, like you know, almost daily, was seeing people just how sick they were mm-hmm. and how people were not aging well. Yeah. I just was like, I do not want to age like that. Yeah. I want to be able to be active and I don't want to spend all my time going to doctor's appointments and mm-hmm. I want to be able to enjoy life. Right. And so I want to be I want to be as healthy as I can and enjoy Yeah. You know, get as much joy out of absolutely what I can. Yeah. But you know, it is a process too, because I've like had to learn. You know, letting go and different mm-hmm. aspects mm-hmm. of reaching that that joy. Yeah, and just how, like I was telling you earlier about just my decision to go to Costa Rica. Yeah, and how I had told my friend, "No, I can't go." Just like reflux, I yeah. can't do that. What do you mean? I go to Costa Rica? I can't do that. that- I I have been the same way. Where immediately yeah. I can't, but I'll, I can't do that. I can't I'll do, do it with something easy in town. They'll say, yeah. "Hey, come out here." Well, I I can't. That wasn't planned. I can't. Yeah. Do, I can't do that. Well, yeah. Yes, I could. I just get in the car right. and go. And so it was like, yeah, it was uh, you know a year and a half ago, and I just sat there and I'm like, things were going on, not good in my life, and and I just was like, okay, just sat there going, because I was always like, oh, everybody's like, well what's good for them and talking about you know what what they want suddenly i was like huh what does lisa want yeah and i never asked myself that question it's like so silly it's like just sat there with it it's like what does lisa want Mm -hmm. and so i just keep coming back to what does lisa want good and yeah Yeah. just that it was like a turning point and just like a light bulb moment like (laughs) sounds so silly but it was like and then just kind of like well why the hell can't I go to Costa Rica? Right. It's like I had completely forgotten a whole part of my life before getting married and having kids that I love to travel. Yeah. It's in my blood. Yeah. My brother traveled internationally for you know his whole life. He spoke 14 languages. When my cousin wow. runs a, a, a company that goes on trips worldwide, and my aunt had did, led trips worldwide around the world, and it's like, I love travel. It's just in my blood. And I, I, after college, I traveled around the U.S. every state. Good for you. Except Alaska. That was on my bucket list. It <laughs> sat on my bucket list for way too long. <laughs> so this summer. <gasps> Are you doing it? Going to Alaska. Good Yay! for you. Yay. Yay. So the, the tripping point was I wanted to drive. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I really wanted to see Alaska. Right. And my husband's like, oh, hell no, we're not, I'm not driving. That'd be, my husband's like, we can drive yeah. anywhere. And I'm like, the fuck we can. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not driving to Alaska. Yeah, well, we could do a cruise. And I'm like, oh, you know, I, cruise is great. You'll see the coast, but I want to see Alaska. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, oh, hell with it. I had to get a new car because my car was totaled a year ago. And so I got a car and I'm like, this is a good car. Go to Alaska. And then guess what? My husband said he wants to go. Oh, really? Oh, my oh, gosh. So that turned into, oh, okay, now we need to get a trailer. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, but the car just got, it's 
not going to be strong enough to tow any trailers. <laughs> so that became six months of going around trying to find trailer that had everything that was light enough to be towed by my car. <laughs> Rather than planning for this trip I wanted to go on, I just thought I was like, after college, show. I'd hop in the car, sleep in the back seat, stay in youth hostels, you know, really enmesh myself seeing Alaska. And so it, it just, you know, turned into this big old thing. And so, and I'm like, okay, I don't have time now to plan this. Right, right. And we were going to be in Canada in uh, uh, July anyways. And so I'm like, okay, all right. Well, let's just do a cruise. Okay. okay. So we're going to do a cruise. Okay. And um, it, it then, it, you know, because I, my ADHD, it, it, I go into overwhelm, hyper-focus. Right. Mm -hmm. And anything I try to do, it's like first steps are, you know, of, of overwhelm is ignoring it mm -hmm. and doing everything else. Oh. <laughs> Gardening, cleaning, anything. I'm not laughing at you. I'm no, laughing you at. Understand. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like okay, and then there's like various steps in the overwhelm, and then it's like rabbit holes. Especially now that we have everything online and, and trying to learn about cruises. Yeah. And cruises to Alaska and booking cruises and you know who, what site do you go to and so after about. A little over two weeks, which now I've learned is, is actually a rushed crash course. Yeah. And I did pretty well. I <laughs> had myself on the back for having found what I found in that in in, in that crash course. Mm -hmm. um, I, but I've neglected everything else in my life for the last <laughs> <laughs> weeks. But so much so, of your attention had been ripped away from the thing that you did want to focus yeah, on right. that I, you know what, I co-sign you yeah. completely enmeshing yourself <laughs> yeah, in it for yeah. two weeks. Right. So, so yeah, finally pulled the plug and uh, booked it this week. Awesome. So, Very yeah. cool. That's great. Very That's, cool. I'm excited for you. Seven days, but I've already said that seven days is just going to be a taster. Yes. Because yes. I am determined that I am going to see the inside of Alaska, whether I drive or not. Yes. Whether I take another yeah. cruise that involves land portion or not. Because even though I had planned to do this this summer and my husband jumped in saying he wanted to, suddenly we didn't have enough time right. to do more than a seven-day cruise. Oh. He can always fly back and you can stay. I'm yeah. just saying. That is true. I like yeah. the way you think, Leah. <laughs> yeah. Except cruise lines, you know, they everything's dual occupancy, right? Um, yeah, no, no. Do the seven-day cruise. Yeah. Send him on his way. You stay there. And, and you have drive back up. You know, you do whatever whatever fills your cup. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that'll be that'll be enough taster and then I can uh, you know, at least knock it off my bucket list right. the first half. Good, good. So that's yeah. so good. But I'm yeah, glad that you've immersing back into yeah. my love of travel. And yeah. Yeah, that was um the best part of the Costa Rica trip was reigniting my love of travel and I remembering love that. um how much I love to travel and learning that I can do it after my cancer, which yeah. I wasn't sure I would be sure. able to do that. Sure. So that would, I was very grateful for, right. for learning that. And it's kind of sparked a new, um, 
new new uh, life into. Good. That's awesome. And so yeah. life is better when you have a vacation to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm feeling very untethered right now. And I realize it's because I don't have a trip booked. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> See, we just did, so you normally did I send have it to you? Trips like constantly booked? Yes. I try to get out of the country at least twice a year. Wow. Yeah. yeah. This this last year I was only able to do it once, but I'm grateful. I don't mean to sound ungrateful by saying only once, but it, it's, it's, it's slowed nice. down. Yeah. 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 It's nice. This, oh, okay. this year we're overbooked with trips because we've had a lot going on and, and now unexpected trips coming up. But um, I was having to put it down the other night in a list by dates and what dates were going to be gone. And I had to send it out to my husband and my sister and stuff. And it's just crazy because we don't normally have this many trips, but I'm excited. You guys always have yeah. trips planned. But not this many. This year's a lot. This well, year's we, a lot. Yeah. And we, we start went from in March. to... Yeah, yeah. Good having, for you. you know, quite quite a few. Well, my husband's work suddenly has brought up a lot of travel potential. Oh, and well, right now he's in Chicago, and when he said, "Do you want to go to Chicago?" and I'm like, "Chicago in January? No, um, thank no, you. Thank oh, you. Oh, <laughs> oh no, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it's like wind chill. Uh huh. Really cold. No, no, I have no desire." Thank you. Oh, I got a call but, yesterday. Do you want to go to Boston? No. No, thank you. Not right now. I, yeah. I love Boston. Yes, in the summer. In the time. Yeah. Yeah. On a shoulder season. Yeah. yeah. Even summer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But we are so fortunate and I'm so grateful. It, he had magically was able to put together three back-to-back conferences in Europe. Ooh. Oh, wow. At the beginning of last summer. That's starting great. in Finland. Germany and Italy. Wow. So we were able to do 34 days in Europe. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, it was just, it was so awesome. Why did you come back? Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But, you know, coming back, I actually, I I love where we live. Yeah. And it makes me actually more appreciative. Right. Yeah. And I just realized we live in a really pretty amazing place. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, you know, it's hot in the summertime, but it's not as hot as Palm Desert. Right. True. Right. And we're not snowed in right now. Nope. So, yeah. I mean, there's always, you can always have the glass half full or, you know, the pasture's always green or somewhere else. But I think it really helps you learn to appreciate what you have. Yes. Um, And and when I travel, I like to immerse myself into wherever I am. It's like, that's why the first two days of Costa Rica were the best because I was in the real Costa Rica, in the rainforest, Mm -hmm. immersed with Mm -hmm. Costa Ricans Mm -hmm. solely. And um, that was great. I love Um, that. And so we have the the trip in the summer for for Alaska. And uh, this week, my husband just told me he's got a trip coming up to Barcelona (gasps) in May. Oh, do you get to go? So, well, I started immediately um, going on to Google looking at airfare. So, yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and it's actually quite reasonable at that time of year. It's I like swear, traveling round trip, traveling wow. outside of the United States is cheaper than traveling inside really? the United States. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I never oh, knew that. Oh, yeah. My my son is going to Japan for yeah. his third trip to Japan, and he was there last summer and. Everything in, in Japan's cheaper. Oh. I always heard Japan was so expensive, but it, I guess it had been expensive, but it, you know, especially since COVID, it's not. Wow. wow. That's, That's interesting. Yeah. 
Good to know. <laughs> yeah. So the airfare, you know, getting over to Japan mm-hmm. and the length of the flight is right. kind of prohibitive. Yeah. And okay. for me, I wouldn't want to go there in the summertime because of the, you know, it's hot and mm-hmm. humid. Right. right. I would love to go for the um, cherry blossoms. Oh, Ooh. that would be lovely. But you can't plan that too well. Right. It's mm-hmm. like trying to plan a trip to Alaska and see the northern lights. Which oh. is nature. Right. Yeah. Right. So, oh my yeah. goodness. So, you mentioned that after you, so you got involved in volunteering and with support groups, what were some of those groups that you found that really helped you or that you really enjoy sp- spending time yeah. with? So, there's, there's, there's quite a few. And um, uh, online and Facebook is probably the biggest place for interaction. Okay. Um, Colin Town is one I really have to mention. And that is great because Colon Town is an overall town, but within Colon Town, there are avenues in small towns. So like there's Rectalburg for those who have rectal cancer. There's um, Third Lane for those with stage three. Oh. There's um, a Ned's Ballroom. For those who oh. are dancing with Ned, oh. mm-hmm. um, no evidence of disease for those who don't How know creative. Uh, so, yeah, so the list goes on and on. There's, okay. Uh, uh, trials, great areas for, for looking for trials. Okay. Which, you know, anybody who's been diagnosed and they don't have great um, uh, hope from their doctors and aren't being um, given avenues for where to look, I would okay. suggest looking into trials and not reinventing the wheel, looking okay. for others who have already you know started establishing where to look for trials. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Colon Town is a great place for that. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, there's um, Blue Hope Nation and um, Colorectal Cancer Alliance. Okay. Um, it, it, and those are also you can Google them, look at look them up. Yeah, or, I follow Colorectal Alliance. Yeah, and and also look on. Um, on on Facebook. Now Colon Town is private. So you have to find it and then get an invitation. Okay. And and fill out a, a questionnaire because they don't want to have just anybody right. on there. Yeah. Right. Right. You no know, spam. So it's great that yeah. you're like you're free on, mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. That's um, great. I'll go yeah. ahead and I'll link um in our show notes, I'll go ahead and link the ones you mentioned. Yeah. So if any of our listeners want to check any of them out, they can go ahead and just click on the show notes and check out I, any of those there, websites. There's a couple of local ones. I mean, oh, yours yeah. is probably my favorite. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> we are your support. But, um, <laughs> so locally, we also have our local branch for the Colorectal Cancer Alliance that we um, put on a, a, a walk. It used to be called the Undy Run Walk. Yes. <laughs> um, it's been renamed. Oh, my God. I cannot think of the name right now. Um it's and and it used to be in February. Now it's in in April, I believe. Okay. I mean, I just the name has just you know slipped my mind. Yeah, I'll look it up um, and put it in yeah. our notes. Um, and yeah, is that the also, one you get to run through a big colon at the end? They used to do that with the Undie Run. Yeah. They haven't had that out since the new uh, format. Okay. Um, okay. It there's they have like one or two of those and and it has to go around the country and oh, I'm not okay. sure why they haven't had it maybe yeah. cost prohibitive or I don't I don't know okay yeah they with the during COVID 
it was kind of a on your own and then drive through to pick up a, a, a certificate type uh-huh. thing. Um, so, the, uh, you know, everything, the world has changed since COVID. Everything's sure, different. Yeah. Um, but another org- local organization um, that is not colorectal specific, but all cancer specific is the Triumph. Yes. If you heard of Triumph. Yes, Triumph Fitness. Which is fantastic. great for those to regain their strength. It um, has um, uh, small groups get together for um, workouts with trainers and are, are taught and led um, some exercises to help them regain strength after treatment. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And to go forward with those, yeah, um, those exercises. And I, so, that's am great. I correct in that you have to be a year out and signed mm, off from your doctor? No, you you do need to be signed off from your doctor, but not a year out anymore. I, I don't know if there is a specific time frame. Okay, I, they wanted to have it like you know, it wasn't a, a year for me. Okay, it was at least finished with your treatments for. Uh, I think it could have even been like a, a couple months or something. Oh, okay. I think. I think I started in February or January, and I had finished my treatments in, um, uh, like, September. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So it wasn't so, that long. Okay. And actually, there was a woman in there who was not, who was still in treatment. Oh, she was, wow. Uh, uh, stage four. Okay. And there was somebody else who also had some, some health con- considerations. So I think, I think there is, like, wiggle room. Okay, so as long as you yeah. just get it signed off by your doctor, yeah. and then it's free, correct? Yes. Yeah, then it's free to the cancer wow, patients. That's, right. that's great. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that's real, great. They're Very great. Cool. They ha- they do a lot of fundraising out there yeah. and able to put that together. The, 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 in fact, the Shamrockin. You've heard the Shamrockin yes. race? Yes, no. The, um, well, it's a, one of, it's, it's a marathon on okay. one day, and it's a 5K, 10K okay. on another day. It's actually really big. Okay. It's at the River Cat Stadium. Okay. Oh, okay. And um, the um, primary benefactor is Triumph. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay, and, fantastic. And they hand out yellow roses at the end oh. of the, um, the race for all the survivors. That's oh. fantastic. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. I've I've done it every year for the last you know uh, I don't know five six years. Great. Okay. But this year I just completely blew off the signups, and then I looked at it, and the prices had escalated, and I'm like, oh okay, I guess I'm <laughs> not going to drag myself out because it's usually rainy and cold. But yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I'll volunteer this year. Oh, there so, you yeah. go. <laughs> maybe ways can get a team together. Yeah, this year. we could. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. And yeah. it's in March. Um, or did you say uh, April? Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, because it's around. They um, do it around St. Patrick's yeah, Day, right? right? Okay. Because um, it's a shamrocket. Yeah. Okay, that's right. All right. So, yes. We'll check into it. I don't it. have the, the date on me, but yeah. Okay. We'll definitely check into that. We can put that, we can put the registration on our, in our show notes as well. All these 5Ks I do and they think, oh, wow, you, you're quite the runner. I'm like, I walk a lot. I walk it. What are you saying? <laughs> I don't run. Yeah. <laughs> I might like, look like I'm like walking really fast at times, but no. <laughs> Unless somebody's chasing me. I always say, if you see me running, you should also start running. (laughs) That means something is going wrong. Yeah, something's chasing me. Not good for your knees. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. We're just so happy that you came and shared your story with us. I think it's thank some you really so much. great information for our listeners. And we 
we have there's breast cancer is so out there and forward in you know in everybody's mind so it's really great to bring on someone that has a different type of cancer colorectal cancer and give us some information and some resources and tell us your story yep, so well that, thank you yeah that you really me. means a lot to us yes thank All you for right. showing up not just here but at our events yeah and yeah. just always being a support oh, to us always well thank yeah. you for having the event yes me to show up to. <laughs> i i love it every three months yes. rain or shine yes. Meet some wonderful <laughs> friends through here good yeah. good to yeah. hear we love having yeah. you yeah so. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And if you would like to share your story or if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out at podcast at weareyoursupport.com. And follow us on all of our social media platforms and all of your podcasting platforms, LTFC underscore podcast. And we look forward to seeing you next week for an all new episode. See you then. Bye. Bye. We are your support. Thank, thank you for talking cancer. cancer.